Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Lapine Went Into the Woods, with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Chip Zion. Once upon a time... My guest is Chip Zion. Chip created the role of the baker in Into the Woods, as well as the roles of Mendel in Falsettos and Mr. Bungie in A New Brain, both by William Finn and James Lapine, and the role of Marvin in In Trousers by William Finn. His numerous other Broadway credits include Caroline or Change, Les Miserables, and Grand Hotel, as well as the upcoming Harmony. I said I've been dying to talk to you uh, from the. Actually, now I'm looking back years ago. I don't remember the context. I was talking to Allison Frazier, and I said something about how I was fascinated by the development of Into the Woods. And I, you know, and she said, "Well, you should talk to Chip. I mean, he he knows everything." And then that's just been a constant thread. I mean, I James Lapine, I think three times said, "I got to email Chip. I got to email Chip." Really, really well. Uh, that's. I was curious, like. Uh, to hear what everybody else had to say, to see if anything that I remember, you know, I'm older now. So, <laughs> so that's the thing. I waited too but, long. Everybody says it's you know 35 years. They don't remember every detail. You know that everything I'm saying jives with what other people might say, or I have a completely different slant. I I thought Paul Ford's book was kind of interesting when I when I yes totally. I mean, he had some thoughts about it that I that that um, it were really interesting to me, and you know. He was he was so quiet and gentle sitting at the piano. I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I love Paul. I had no idea he was thinking so many different things. While yes. we, you know, you know, he played us all into the theater with a little theme song for yeah. us. And if you were like, you know, he'd be at the roundabout or fifty four, you know, Studio fifty four, and you'd see him sitting up there, and he'd play us, you know, into the woods with that, with that, or whatever. It was fun. <laughs> Do you remember your Paul Ford uh, theme, like for rehearsals and stuff? Uh, well, I, I think he, I, I, before Into the Woods, I don't remember anything. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, after Into the Woods, it became bum, 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 yeah. bum, 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 yeah. bum, bum, or something even more, you know, sometimes a silly version of No One Is Alone. There's a lot of jazzy version. Of, yeah. But, you know, but I, uh, you know, I, I loved him, and and uh, parenthetically, because I don't know, you know, I I I was around for that moment when he suddenly decided he he had had it that at least temporarily was show business. Yes, on the people in the picture, right? People in the picture, exactly. Yeah, and, and um, I I was there that day, and wow. it, you know, it was 
it was a moment in show business I will yes. never forget. No, oh my. Paul, Paul Gemignani was just, it, it, it just, what's going on? Have you talked to Paul? Have you had any, you know, what, what, he just sent me a chat, you know, it was, was that kind of thing, pandemonium. Well, Paul Gemignani is my, um, my, what do you call it? My, my Moby Dick on this. I mean, he had originally said yes. And then he said he couldn't do it. And I haven't been able to get him to, you know, I thought if I could, if I could get James Lapine from a no to a yes, I could get Paul Gemignani, but so far, no luck. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I was, um, you know, Lapine's book about um, Sunday in the park. Yeah was so interesting and I thought um you know really sort of you know for for a th book about the theater where we all lie like all the time his book was like phenomenally honest yeah and, and I thought it was really uh interesting totally but that, we, he didn't do one about into the woods no and and since he left me hungry for it I that's why I wanted to do the pod so yeah. let's start with you know I mean I I know that you were very much in the sort of lapine um repertory at that point in time. I mean, having done uh, March of the Falsettos and uh, then Merrily out at uh, La Jolla. Yeah. And um, and I actually just found out, maybe you don't even know this, Ira Weitzman told me that the actual first collaboration between uh, Bill Finn and Lapine was that uh, James did the graphic design for the In Trousers album. Yes, no, I, I knew that. That blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, so, well, um, let's see. Was is there a question on the? Yes. I, yes. My, my relationship to into into the woods. I mean, you know, first of all, without Lapine, I have no idea what my career would have been. So, yeah. I, you know, I. Um, but, uh, I I was in. I had um, left. I had gone to California. Uh, and uh, and I decided that um, I wasn't, you know, I was going to try to get a TV series or yeah. whatever. And I was staying and at Oakwood with, yeah, with sad people, uh, <laughs> you know, and that, you know, have you ever been to Oakwood? Out in oh, LA? Yeah. yeah. In, in the old days, it was actually kind of fun because it used to be a lot of um, naked people in hot tubs. And it, this is in, I'm talking late seventies. Yeah. And, and it was kind of really cool. And then it turned into guys who had just been thrown out of the house, you know, who were just, wives who yes. just kicked them out or. For anyone that, that that doesn't know, uh, she was talking about the Oakwood apartments in, in yeah. Burbank or Toluca Lake. And it's. Yeah, well, Burbank, I was, you know, on, on Barham, but sliding down into, you know, Warner Brothers. Or that. Furnished apartments that people yeah. can get by the month or whatever for come yeah. actors coming to do shows from New York, that kind of thing. I love it. I used to swim laps out there. And if you, if you, if you, you know, depending on which way you turn your head to breathe. You could look out at the lights over uh, the valley. And Gorgeous. Beautiful. And one time I did that and I was swimming right next to a duck that was swimming along with me. Oh, was I that the inspiration that. for Howard the Duck? I thought that, I thought that, I thought that was just one of the finest moments of, <laughs> of, of nature. And I don't, I don't know, I loved it. But it sounds beautiful. But, What's the depressing part? Well, the depressing part came when, as it, as it aged, uh, we're talking about Oakwood Apartments, the last yeah. California yeah. where people stayed when they were working out there, it became uh, literally guys who, whose wives had kicked them out. And then there were a lot of kids there who um, 
whose parents had taken them out there to try to get a TV show or to audition. Oh, yeah. uh, at one point, I, I had finished when, well, I guess it was a little bit later, but when, when Falsettos ended on Broadway, uh, Jonathan Kaplan, all, everybody was at Oakwood and trying to decide if that's exactly where they wanted to be at that point in their yeah. life. It was, it was weird. Well, were, were you married yet at this point? I was, we, Susie and I have been together since like 71. Oh, wow. Late 71. Uh, we've been together longer than anybody I know in showbiz. Wow. <laughs> you know, that, Susie, my wife danced, danced in the New York City Ballet. That, this, this is a personal life. Uh, you know, she danced in the ballet. And then we had, she got injured in the uh, 80s, early 80s. Yeah. And that's when we had our, we had kids. And then she continued to dance. And then she's taught now at the School of American Ballet for 35 years or 40 years. So you were already a dad at this point. And in Into the Woods, I was a dad. I had just bought, um, well, it, it, there was a timing issue, which was that um, I, I was very excited that to get to go to San Diego where we first worked on the show. Was that your first... Uh... Uh, iteration of Into the Woods, the one at the Old Globe? Well, actually, yes, it was. Well, actually, what happened was I, I had done a reading. Well, first, I found out that Merrily wasn't going to come into New York. Lapine had invited me up to his summer house to, uh, for a barbecue, Susie and me, to, for a barbecue and for a day in the country. <laughs> and, uh, and as I got out of the car, he said, have you talked to your agent? I said, about what? He said, oh, yeah, we're not going to do Merrily. And I, 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 the color drained from my, my body. I, yeah. I was really counting on that. That would have been the first time that Merrily had ever been done since real. Sure. And I loved doing it. And I, yeah. you know, but we thought we were coming in and then we weren't. Um, anyway. Uh, Did that color your experience later with Into the Woods where you were more skeptical of whether this was actually going to go in after San Diego? Well, at that barbecue with Lapine at his country house, uh, he took me upstairs. He had a, those, uh, this was a generation of old K-Pro computers. I don't know if you're way too young to know what that is, but it was what they considered a portable computer, but it weighed over, like, it was like <laughs> hundreds of pounds. Yeah. This massive thing with a little four-inch black and white screen. Yeah. And on the screen, Lapine said, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with Merrily but I'm working on a new show. It's about woods into the woods. And he showed me a scene that was on this little black and white screen that had little, uh, little animals and like bugs and little people running around in the snow. And he said, this is it. We're do I'm doing a show about fairy tales. And, and I said to him at the time, I said, fairy I mean, like we just did real people in Merrily with really interesting problems yeah. and about showbiz and yeah. greatest thing I've ever gotten to do and like what what are you you're dealing with little fairy tale characters why are you doing that so so um so that was my first exposure to it the next thing that happened is that they did a reading at Playwrights Horizon mm -hmm. of uh pretty much act I think I don't remember it's the whole show but it certainly was act one mm -hmm. in which I read Cinderella's Prince oh wow yeah and and uh, I, I thought I crushed it. I mean, I really thought like I was just, you know, amazing. And Lapine came up to me afterwards and he said, what are you doing? 
<laughs> so I said, what do you mean? I, I just, I crushed it. I mean, it was great. I got this great response. He said, no, God, it was not right. It wasn't what I wanted. Was and, Agony uh, in the show at that point? Uh, no, no. But the scenes were there, you know, mm. just the Agony wasn't, I, I don't remember that we even saying anything. We you just remember the rest of the cast? I, I remember that Joanna Gleason was there. Uh. And, uh, and, uh, and I had known Joanna from a previous show. So that was nice. What show was that? Uh, I got fired from a show called, uh, it was, it was on Broadway with Matthew Broderick a while back or, or Nathan Wayne and Matthew Broderick called, uh, it's only a play. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, Terrence McNally wrote it. Yeah. I re somebody got fired. I replaced the person who got fired. Then I got fired. Then I got replaced, and then he got fired. And it ended. David oh. Garrison ended up playing that part, but that's that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so Joanna was there. The baker was Ray Gill. Mm. Uh, I, Ray Gill was an actor who who had been in Merrily and mm. a great guy, and he really looked like a baker. I yeah, mean, like a big kind of guy. Did you know him? I mean, I don't know. He was, you know. He was just this wonderful person that was mm. a friend, a close friend. Um, so that, so where am I? So that was my first exposure to the there show. Is. Anyone else from that cast, Ray? I can't yeah. remember other than Joanna and Ray. I'm like, who was the other prince for? I can't. Was was Betty Buckley the witch in that in that version? No, 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 no. no. I, that's kind of an interesting story too, but that's later. Um, so so um that was just like a one day table read kind yeah of and it was it was like maybe an 86 like even before we had gone to san diego it, it wasn't yeah. like a workshop or anything it was just the everybody got together i think we rehearsed a few hours and then read it mm -hmm. i told this to, to, by the way to, to james and he claims that this just completely made up but he's wrong oh no he, he he, he had all these false ideas. He told me Ellen Foley never played the witch on Broadway when I'm looking at, you know, playbills with their name on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, no. So, so okay. So then I, I end up, I'm in LA, staying at Oakwood. Uh, and um, I get a call from Ira Weitzman who said like, you know what, uh, Lapinus about to call you. He he's, has an idea. Stephen and James have an idea that you should play the baker. And I, I said, you know, really I mean, I mean he said the, the problem is they want you to fly back to new york to read for them and and ira said to me to his everlasting credit and my gratitude he said to me don't do it he said they're so up in the air he said they wanted tom Hulse, and they can't get him because i think he might have been making the movie of mozart at that time or amadeus, you know? yeah yeah amadeus right so so um he said, don't, Lapinus is about to call you. Tell him you're, I was shooting, at, at this point I was on a TV show that nobody ever saw. It was an hour, it was fun, but it, but Love it was- Love Sydney, I saw every episode in no, real No, it life. wasn't even Love Sydney. It was, oh, a, oh. it was a show called Shell Game. No, never and, saw it. Uh, <laughs> starring Margot Kidder. And on the first day, Margot was having some issues at that point in her life. And the producer came up to me and he said, keep your bags packed. This will never, literally on the first day of filming, he said, this will never go. We made seven episodes. It aired opposite Cosby uh, on television, and it was dead last in the ratings, and that that was the end of it. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. I was I actually was filming Shell Game, so 
So uh, Iris said, tell, tell James that your, your shooting schedule prohibits you from coming back to New York. You're not able to do it. You'd love to play the part, which is what I, which is, I said, okay, but you're making me nervous, Ira, because I really would like to play this part. Yeah. So he, so. Did you have a sense from the reading that this was a great role that, that, you know. Yes, I had known. I I mean, I, I, I don't know that I necessarily saw myself because I don't think I looked uh, like a baker. Yeah. Uh, Except of, you know bagels or I, I don't know it's like, I, I don't feel like I, you know I don't know that I look like a big so so and Ray did and I and also was a friend so any, anyway um uh so I so I so Lapine called me and I I said you know James I can't make it I, I was lying I said uh I really would love to do that that would be unbelievable but I'm kind of stuck and he said, oh, God, I, you know, I don't know what to do. Then he said, we really wanted to see you read some of the scenes. And blah, blah, blah. and I hung up and I, you know, I called Ira and I said, well, I told him. He said, yeah, just sit tight. I, I, I'm on it. I'm, I'm on it. And uh, a couple of days later, Lapine called. And he said, well, it's too late. We can't figure about We can't think of anybody else. So you get you. You'll do it. You do it. And that's how I got the part. <laughs> and so I came back to New York and. Um, the they were a little i was maybe a day or two late to 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 the rehearsals and uh very quickly he was throwing me out there to do act one and it didn't go so well and i I said james i just i'm off the plane you know don't you're making me nervous i I, uh and and uh, i said i i you know i'm on a tv series i don't need to do musicals on broadway and I uh, thinking that the show wasn't as bad as in fact it was the TV show. <laughs> and uh, but Joanna Gleason pulled me away and she said, Chip, 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 let's have lunch, let's go have lunch, let's let's not jam, jam. let's just let's chip come with me and let's go have lunch. She pulled me away from potentially what could have been a bit of an argument. And and then we, you know, uh, like I think about a day later, Lapine, we we did this run through I'm holding scripts. And, you know, uh, he came up, he said, he said, I just, I had Ray Gill in my mind and, but this is great. It's going to be great. And um, that, that was, so there we were. And we were, we were rehearsing down in the, uh, in the West Village someplace. Oh, West Beth? Yeah, West Beth, exactly. How'd you know that? That's like. I think Ira Weitzman told me that. Yeah, Yeah, we were at West Beth, like in this weird place. And, um, uh, you know, uh, no more hadn't been written yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, no one is alone had not been written yet. And, uh, one day Sondheim came in, we had, you know, he had checked, uh, my keys, the key that I'm comfortable singing in. And, you know, a few days later he came back with no more. Mm. And, uh, we went into the other room. Gemignani grabbed me and Steve was there and we went into this other room of the piano and, and it's in the old days of like a, when they tape music together like an accordion and they yeah. it and it's falling out on either side of the, the piano and it's you know and Sondheim sat down at the piano and played for me and Tom Aldrich and Gemignani no more for the first time yeah. and it was you know first of all he's fun he, he's playing it and he's singing it it's always fun to hear composers sing the songs yeah and i turn around to gemignani who's you know a bear of a guy 
just tears streaming down his face. And we were all just a mess. I mean, it was just, I couldn't believe. And I I remember thinking, oh my God, it's in, it's, it's in my key. Uh, You know, this is Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Uh, You know, it was an amazing, amazing moment. So, 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 you know, eventually, then we go to San Diego and yeah, you want to interrupt me with, uh, with any, question that makes me more coherent than that no that's extremely coherent that's incredible i mean i'm i'm curious if um between having had that positive feedback at last from lapine Mm -hmm. and then having this incredible song i mean you know whatever wound up happening with into the woods after that point the show could have been a flop and never been heard from again you already had this just incredible song written for you that just would last time i mean did your attitude change well, in terms of wow this is exactly what i want to be doing I, you know uh i think we had a sense i think joanna and i both had a sense that that our lives were changing in some sort of dramatic mm-hmm. way i mean we, we when we did come back to broadway we were rehearsing down at 890 broadway and we would share a cab back up to the upper west side and and we would go by the martin beck which is where the show was at the time yeah. and uh you know we would look at the marquee and think like this is unbelievable you know i mean this is really unbelievable for the last time i am not on ozempic i made one little joke on this podcast and everybody started calling me out texting me calling me cringe whatever i really was asked by people if i was on ozempic and as i told them I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. And kitchen time is kept to a minimum. They are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code giants in the sky 50 at factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Um, but we went to, um, so we we get to San Diego, yeah, and um, you know there's a quite I'm sure you've heard there's a classic story that like people after the first act they started going home, yeah, and uh, I believe that my my sense of that whole thing was that it was Stephen Sondheim who went out into the parking lot and said there's a second act, 
<laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think we had dressing room windows. I, my memory of it is vague, but I, you know, people were saying we were all laughing because people started going home. You could see cars leaving. <laughs> it was like, you know, great shows over. And Sondheim said no, and then he added that line in at the end of the first act, which was, uh, "What's the line?" The second. Could be continued. Uh, he continued. Like <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. It, one of the other things that led into uh, this, I, I, I'm, all, I'm all over the map here, but when we set keys, we had to go to Sondheim's house uh. to set keys and his piano and stuff. And there's an interesting thing there, which was that, did you know who this Steve's next door neighbor? Catherine Hepburn, right? Was Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. You know, okay. And they weren't that, they weren't fond of each other. Right. <laughs> did you know that? So, I had been in fact, well, I, I don't think I'll say that I was in I was in a movie. I had I had to go to Catherine Hepburn's house to be approved for a film. I was in a film with her. Oh wow. Which was very exciting. And I thought it was also gonna be a big moment, but it was possibly the only bad film she ever made. What I, was that? Do I have to say the name of it? It's called, <laughs> it's called, it's called the ultimate solution of Grace Quigley. I I, I rarely say the name. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember after we finished shooting it, or it was like the word of mouth was getting out, like the New York Post called me and said, what happened? Like, you know, like, was it Hepburn's fault? Like, you know, I was just like amazed. I had all these scenes with Catherine Hepburn and, wow. and you know, um, but she was so I had to be approved by Hepburn. I had to go to her house. And uh, she, she greeted me at the door, which was amazing. And we walk into her den and she says, what do you drink? What do you drink? Whoops, what happened there? What do you drink? Do you drink scotch? Yeah. And I, I said, yes, I don't drink scotch. I, you know, ever. <laughs> but I said, yes. And then she came out and said, this is the glass that spent. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, so we went and then we walked into her backyard, which was an open courtyard uh, that all the brownstones on that block. Right, uh, Turtle Bay. Yes, backed up against. There was a, a, a an historically preserved beautiful park wow that was behind all of those that block of brownstones and um uh so i'm standing there with her and i'm really it's hepburn and she said you know there's this guy who lives next to me who writes music and like i you know he i tell me he plays the piano at three o'clock in the morning and he's just she said i climbed his rose trellis the other night and pounded on the glass because <laughs> you can't have people playing the piano at three o'clock in the morning yeah okay now jump ahead I, i'm now in sondheim's house setting <laughs> for the show and he said to me you know who lives next door and i said yeah i happened to have been i said it's very weird but i happened to have been in katherine hepburn's house and he said yeah and um he said she she scared the hell out of me she, she climbed up the side of my house and and pounded on the glass window and uh, I believe the point of this story is that I kind of believe that there's a sort of a well-known line in Into the Woods, which is it's the witch next door. <laughs> I, I, I'm not 100% positive, but I think that was a, like an in-joke about how Steve felt about Catherine Hepburn. That's hysterical. Yeah, so that, that's that. Anyway, where are we now? We're in San Diego. We're in San Diego, yes.
and uh, you're feeling now that you're part of something special and And yeah it's like great and san diego's kind of fun and it's and and the old globe is very pretty and um so uh but did you have that haunting you that just a year or two earlier you'd been there across town in la jolla doing merrily thinking you were going to broadway that this was you know another um stalled pre-beat you know the truth is um I didn't. I I just assumed that with with Stephen Sondheim, that I think my my brain was saying like, well, this of course this is going to go back to New York, but there was it was disappointing because what happened is, <laughs> um, so we finished in San Diego, and I I bought and, and thinking that we're going basically right back to Broadway. And I bought an apartment. I I I had made money on the TV show, and I mm. I you know I had dumped enough money to buy a condo up on the Upper West Side where yeah. I lived for a hundred years. And um, so I bought the thing and the, the apartment, and I bought I had I bought I got a Saab car. I got a car. I bought a Saab. I had to have a Saab. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there's uh, an announcement that uh, we're going back into workshop. Mm. And uh, we probably wouldn't open t- for another like maybe eight months or so. Yeah, and I that was devastating to me because I felt like oh my god, I thought I was going to be on salary. I've just taken this giant leap in my life to buy a yeah, place. and I'm supporting my two kids and like oh my god, I and now and I don't want I don't want to not do it, so, so I, I have to keep myself free to do it, and. um then we went through all these things. We 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 auditioned uh, uh, choreographers. We would he Lapine would call us in. We he we'd audition different choreographers. Wow. Uh, Lara Lubavitch always referred to me as Chuck. Chuck. That, and I used to say to him, Larry, my name is Chip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was the selected choreographer. Famously, by the way, when the show, uh, when we were actually putting the show on, Lapine one day. It, it, in front of the cast, he 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 walked on stage and he said to Laura Lubavitch, "I love, I love this whole number is great. I love everything about it, except for the steps. Can we just take out all the steps?" <laughs> so, what he just like the traffic patterns and like the timing? He he, he didn't like the steps. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I think Laura Lubavitch almost fainted at that point and said, "Like, uh, kind of dance is kind of about steps and movement." And, Lapine said, "Yeah, but I just if we could just kind of get rid of all those steps." Was it was the right decision though, I assume. Uh, I I I've always you know, I think I think James is really smart, so I yes, I I I think it was. And maybe it was a little too dancey, you know. For, yeah. For I mean, were there were the other choreographers that didn't get the job? I mean, did you have people yes. coming in giving you like, you know, jazz hands and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had all different styles of choreography. It, it was actually very weird, kind of fun. Uh, I, it was in the know, workshop uh, process. Well, what happened was is that I, I, I'm 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 a little foggy. We 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 basically we had a workshop to to re to fix. Um, the the main thrust of it was uh, in San Diego. Joanna Gleason ate an apple and died. Right. Too. It, we somebody threw an apple on the stage. She had her affair with the prince. Yeah, someone threw an apple out onto the stage. She ate the apple and died. 
yeah. never, never seen again for the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. And um, that seemed to be uh, not not sufficient. <laughs> and so, yeah. so, so um, I can't remember if we worked with the choreographers first or we had the workshop first, but basically when- Well, you came back from San Diego, the show closed in San Diego in January of 87. That's right, right. And the right. workshop was in was in August. Is the workshop, right? you know what? I, I we did all these different versions of Act Two and Joanna's stuff, and uh, I can't. Re I I've lost it. But 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 that that. But the the other part of it was. Uh, oh well, just as basically those workshops were were mainly to figure out what to do with a baker's wife. Uh, that was a little more fleshed out in terms of what her arc was. But that's when the choreographers were coming in. The hopeful. I think the choreographers came in maybe before that. Before that, do you remember yeah. any particularly, uh, you know, <laughs> not uh, different ones? No, I, I, I think uh, Lars scared me. I mean, you know, he had yeah. a famous uh, modern dance company. Yeah. But he was trying to do what? Uh, what are the uh, the paint the painter with the fat people? Um, you know the strain of uh, uh, starts with a B. Uh, the, the, you know they're they're round bulb bulbous. Oh people. yeah, who is that? And he basically he was saying to us that that's the style of, of that I want you all to get, which is to walk around like to do this. Oh God! <laughs> to walk, we're, we're not we're not live. The, you know to 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 kind of clump around and yeah. uh i remember thinking oh god i don't know what what it, i don't know what this is but but um uh and, well, anyway so 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 that we went back in the workshop and then it became pretty obvious that we would continue and then because that was pretty quickly from workshop to yes to from, Broadway rehearsals well yeah it was about you know say well when we closed in San Diego it was in January and then I think back by the time September rolled around we were back in rehearsals to do the show on Broadway and um and then that that workshop was where Betty Buckley was the witch right so so um yeah this Ellen Foley uh slugged me on the street at one point because she said you know, we were pals, and she, and she said, "Look, I haven't heard what is going on with this show. Like, did did you have an offer to do the show?" And um, prior to the workshop, yeah. Pr well, prior to no, I, I post. I think it was. I can't remember how this all worked out, but post. It was just before we started rehearsals for the Broadway production. Wow. And she hadn't heard anything, and yes, I had, and yeah. You, you know, um, I mean, I, I was nervous about the whole thing. Whenever there's a, a, a break in time. Yeah. You know, you always think, well, Mandy can do it. I mean, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and Mandy. And you and bought I, a condo and a sock. Uh, yeah, I bought a condo and a sock. And we, I had like, uh, 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 Mandy and I had kids at the same time and we were pals and we had, uh, we were having dinner one night and he was saying that, um, Generally, if a show goes out of town, that once it comes into town, they offer him the part. <laughs> My wife turned to me and she said, "Wow, that's weird. Weren't you just out of town with this? Aren't you doing?" And so, so um, I was negotiating. So then I got nervous at Mandy's house, and I want I stood up and wandered around, and I looked on his piano. He had the script and score, 
of Into the Woods. <laughs> and I, you know, I told the next day I said to my agent, I said, what, whatever the deal is, just, just take the deal. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm terrified now, you know, I, I really, you know, so, that, but that, that made me close my deal a lot sooner than I might. Wow. That's, that's an interesting way the producers uh, <laughs> yeah, put pressure exactly. on have Manny Patinkin go to dinner with you. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, so anyway, uh, where are we? So, so, you know, then we we're rehearsing the show. Now it's Betty Buckley. Yeah. And that's an inter- a whole interesting chapter too, because uh, Betty Buckley would have been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she, she was, but we were all a group already. We had yeah. done the show in San Diego. You know? Yeah. And um, so that it got a little tricky, but I'm also, a, I mean, I mean, I just was, you know, Betty Buckley was on the road with Hello Dolly and I flew yeah. out this year. I, she, I, I loved her. Me then. too. Me too. I saw her in Miami Beach. So real and funny yet funny. And then, totally. she, you know, the voice, the voice and, uh, you know, she, she's so great. Uh, but somewhere along the line, I was um, in the country somewhere and I got a phone call from Gemini saying that, uh, Betty Buckley had been replaced, but that she had been replaced and that Bernadette had agreed to step in. She would have been fantastic. I mean, it's also weird to me, like all the, um, the legend around Bernadette's casting in the role. I mean, I've heard stories, oh, she was at lunch with Sondheim or they called her begging or something like that. But uh, it seems so odd to me that after Sunday in the Park with George, I mean, if Mandy had the music on his piano when you were having <laughs> dinner, how yeah. is it that like it had never occurred to anybody to even think about Bernadette? And the the closest, um, I mean, it may have been that Bernadette didn't feel. Uh, I I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I can speculate that Bernadette, in looking at the show as we had done it in San Diego, thought maybe the part wasn't right. Uh, all that she would want it to be. Right, that Joanna was playing the lead and that this was a sort of secondary role. Right, and that, and, and um, you know, songs like Boom Crunch, which was, you know, right. stuff that uh, were complicated and, and, you know, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I never, I never, I don't know. But, but wouldn't she know, I mean, having, I mean, reading that amazing book by Lapine about Sunday in the Park and mm-hmm. Bernadette having lived through it, knew that at the 11th hour, they gave her children and art and uh, Mandy got, uh, you know, yeah, or exactly. vice versa, you know, lesson number nine. And like right. that, that this stuff, I mean, that they were going to get it, make it happen. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and well, and, and she did agree to do it. And, and, yeah. you know, Bernadette is just, um, you know, she's so loved. She's everything that we all think that she is. She's just a lovely yeah. person and she's really fun to be around. And I think they just were, and they love her, Lapine and Sondheim. And I think they just felt it took some pressure off of them. Yeah. In a way that um, made them more comfortable and not have to worry about stuff. But they did also, they, they, you know, at some point, Lapine came up to me and he said, you know, we're going to have to, accom- we're going to have to add stuff in for Bernadette. Yeah. We're going to have to kind of move some things around. And he said, I, you know, I, I think you're going to, probably lose some things that you probably really like and one of which was my favorite scene in the entire show which I did lose which was that uh what after I rescue a uh, little Red Riding Hood from the wolf yeah uh 
I have a scene with Joanna where we're sitting there and we're saying, well, what the hell do we do now? She's, you know, she, where, where, where's that kid going to go? And Joanna says, well, I think we'll have to take her in. I mean, like, what else could we do? And I said, no, I can't stand her. <laughs> I, said, I hate her. I don't want her anywhere near the kitchen. Okay. And it was, it was, it, it, it was the best laughs. Like I felt some of my best laughs in the yeah. show. I just wasn't having it at all. I didn't want any part of her. <laughs> and, uh, and I said to Lapine, I said, don't cut anything. I love that. This is one of my favorite scenes. He said, I know, but you know, it's just where it is in the show. And we, you know, yeah. and, and, and you know, and the other thing about Boom, Boom Crunch was that, um, has everybody talked about that number? Well, I know it was the song that preceded uh, before Last Midnight was written. Right. That was the yeah. witch's song after It's Your Fault. And that it was, uh, I don't know, uh, Paul Ford was talking about how much he loved that song. But I mean, I've listened to a few versions of it now. It doesn't sound as good as Last Midnight to me. Well, I I, I agree with Paul. I, I, I thought Boom Crunch was a really good song. And I think, this, this is another thing, but I, uh, again, probably totally wrong. Bernadette was struggling with it because she hadn't been rehearsing that long. Yeah. Know? And um, was it late in the process when well, she? Well, it was. Well, she came in. She came in after we had been rehearsing to go to Broadway, so she missed a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, wow. and Boom Crunch is a really hard song, and um, and then there's a, a complicated orchestration, and the blocking was a little nutty and it, yeah, you know, difficult. At some point, James and Lapine, uh, James, <laughs> James and Steve decided to. Um, I think they had made up their minds that they were going to replace the song. Yeah. And so they missed a couple of shows. This was in previews. They missed a couple of shows. And uh, um, I thought one night, I thought Bernadette sang that song, Boom Crunch. Yeah. I just, it was a massive success. I mean, it was like the audience went crazy. And I, I you know, and I said, like, gosh, I wish the guys had been here because I don't know if they've ever seen that. It, it was mm. like this amazing response. And uh, she, it was brilliant. And um, but it was like gone the next day when they came in with Last Midnight. Um, well, speaking of the songs that came and went, um, yeah. one that I've now heard a lot about is Second Midnight, the yeah. the, special, the long version of Second Midnight. Yeah. What, what do you remember about that? I don't. You know what? I I can't remember. I I always hear about that, and I barely remember any. You know, I mean, the big thing musically that happened that when we were in in, in um, oh well it was in San Diego was that No One Is Alone came yes. we opened the show without No One Is Alone right and uh, I know that Lapine has talked about having too many ballads in a yeah. row um, right because it's No More No One Is Alone Children Will Listen right right uh, but you know when No One Is Alone came in uh, uh, you, you know that was an amazing experience too I mean you know, yeah, the, the the but the the sort of transitional first midnight said, you know, second midnight gone, whatever those things all changed and I for the life of me, uh, you know, I can't remember how all that oh, went sure. Down. But I mean the second midnight it was I guess the version that now like I mean I've heard several different incarnations, but they were all over five minutes long. Yeah. And they had um do you know that melody from Children Will Listen that people use as a verse in Children Will Listen? I think Sondheim put it in for Barbara Streisand and now it's sort of yeah. part of the like pop version. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that but that was in that and you sang it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
Well, listen, you can put that in your act ship. It's, it's it'll, fine. It'll, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that at, uh, at the green room. Yes, yes. <laughs> waiting for it. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And then, um, so Bernadette came in, I guess they wrote Last Midnight. They made little changes. The show is coming together. I mean, do you remember it being a, a did you feel rocky during the preview period or did you have this underlying yeah. sense? The previews were tricky. I, I remember the previews being kind of tricky because things were changing still. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was complicated. And and I, I think I still thought that nothing could stop it because, it, you know, the people involved. But that might have been a bit naive. And I know that, right. you know, I think James got pretty, you know, at one point he said something to me about that, you know, you can't believe the pressure I'm under, you know, the from the producers and to cut them maybe he said but they you know burn they want more Bernadette they want to see the audience is nervous because they're worried about Bernadette yeah and, uh, and um and, you know and and then you know she left the show rather early right because I think maybe that was part of why hopefully I'll get to talk to her because yeah. I know she had movies that she had already yeah I don't know what what that cal- what what that was exactly all about but when it happened uh James called me and he was upset with me about some scene he was giving me notes but I said you know James I said is, is it what's your why are why are we and he said all right all right he said Bernadette is leaving uh, I said like oh well you're kidding first of all I thought like it was amazing that she was leaving. he had only been open for a few months and yeah I mean it was like selling. it was she was like she was leaving it was like march or something you before know, the opened, 20 nominations could even come we had left in november you know we had opened in november again and you know and she and it was like and she decided to leave in yeah, november and 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 i think all of us were concerned that um you know it wasn't though it wasn't as though we you know we weren't the calling card in terms of ticket sales and stuff. yeah so i think everybody was concerned and um, he, he was concerned. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And um, I, I don't know. I never also have never talked to Bernadette about what exactly went into that calculation. But, you know, I, I didn't want her to leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We had a thing where, where when she came, when the witch came into the house at the beginning of the show where there's a thing where she stomps on a bug. Yeah. It's on the floor. And eats it, right? Yeah, and eats it. The thing was, I never knew when she was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> she used to look at me kind of sideways, like, <laughs> look at me like that. And then she's, this is in the show, you know, then yeah. she's down at the ground and then she'd pause and not deal with it. And so I never exactly knew on any given night <laughs> when that was going to happen. And the other thing that she, Bernadette did was that, um, well, a lot of things, but she was friendly with Tony Bennett, and I'm a huge Tony Bennett fan. Wow, she was very close with Tony, as she called him, and uh, 
one night I thought I'd had a bad show and I stormed, I stomped up to my dressing room and uh, uh, <laughs> I stormed past the, the doorman and like climbed the steps to my dressing room and shut the door and I was so upset with myself and and uh, Bob Westenberg was my neighbor up there. Uh, mm. He was in the room next to me. And I hear a knock on my door and I hear somebody say, hey, it's Tony. And I thought like it was Westenberg <laughs> saying that he was going to kill me for acting like a jerk. You know, he was going <laughs> to like hit put out on me or something. And in my underwear, I take the door, yank it open and I say, Tony fucking who? And it's Tony <laughs> <laughs> with his daughter and for a while there i became known as chip tony fucking who's i and, and uh, <laughs> i don't know but you know bernadette was just a tremendous amount of fun oh, yeah uh, and i didn't want it. none of us would have wanted her to leave well, it must have at least been a relief that the first replacement was a big tv star and that you know the show wouldn't shut her yeah and then and Felicia Rashad sold an amazing amount of, I mean, you know, the ticket sales zoom, but I think yeah. the Tony nominations help because we, at some point there, we got like 12 nominations and, uh, you know, it was thrilling and, you know, we gathered some momentum. In the fall, when you were in, in rehearsals and previews and when you first opened, were you aware of the sort of hype machine around Phantom of the Opera? Was that part of your sort of purview um, experience? I, I don't, think at the time that I took it as seriously as I should have yeah I mean it's inconceivable to me that it's still running I mean like yeah. you know I mean yeah. like I, I mean you know we opened at the same time I yeah, mean, right. like, it's the third Broadway revival the <laughs> New York production of Into exactly. the World I mean that a show opened and ran like that forever it's just unbelievable yeah. I also, the other thing about George Lee Andrews, I thought of our generation was going to be the greatest leading man that we had. Yeah. George Lee Andrews. And he, you know, 25 years, he, you know, he raised his, he, he made a choice and raised his family and did all yeah. this, you know, for that yeah. length of time. And, you know, I knew so many people that were in and out of it. But speaking yeah, of I George Lee not, Andrews, I have a question uh, that no yeah. one has known the answer to that maybe you will. Yeah. There, demo tracks these like um sort of cleaned up demo tracks some of them were re-released on the remastered into the wood cd and others have been on a sondheim box set and they're um george lee andrews maureen moore uh john cameron mitchell and uh kim crosby and uh betsy joslin singing uh early there's the boom crunch the second midnight and uh, really you know what i i i send those to me I will. I, absolutely will. <laughs> I, I I don't remember ever hearing that. What were they? When when were they made? Nobody knows. Ira Weitzman was floating theories to me. Maybe they were done later. No, they couldn't have been done. I mean, I don't think so. I think they had to have been done earlier. Of course, yeah. I mean, and uh, but you know, George Lee Andrews was the lead in the first national company of Little Night Music. Oh yes, and he, I I saw him play the role in the City Opera uh, broadcast of it. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, he had a relationship with Steve. So, so, yeah. so, but I think it had to have been done. I, I, I really honestly don't know. Yeah. You know, when we recorded the, the record in, in uh, New York, yeah. or into the woods, uh, there was a lot of press there. And Steve said to me, he said, this is why I have a problem with actors. <laughs> I said, what is, 
what? He said, they, they're all talking about me. They, they don't know me. <laughs> he said, you know, they're all making up stories about me. <laughs> and I said, I made the mistake of saying, well, Steve, I'm, I'm going to be totally cool. Don't worry about a thing. And I said to him, I said, because I just told the reporters, I said, that if no one knows that Stephen Sondheim is a six handicap golfer. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and said, what the hell are you talking about? That's not funny. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's something I've regretted all my life. I thought it was a smart ass remark. Yeah. I should not have said it, and I, you know. But when I, I recorded no more, yeah. And on, on New Year's Eve of nineteen, what, what eighty seven, going into eighty eight, yeah. I got a call at about six o'clock at night saying, "Chip, it's Steve. You got to fix the last note on no more." I said, "Well, what are you talking about?" He said, "It's not right. It's a little flat, and it's got to be fixed." And um, I said, well, you know, they had already gathered like millions of people at Times Square. It was late. It was like six o'clock at night, you know, and you know, and I I went, he said, you got to get down here. Just get down here. We're going to re-record the last note. <laughs> and I went down there. And when I walked in, he said, oh, no, it's fine. We, we, we just took it. We just grabbed another take. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I was not going to not go to fix the last note, you know, but. Well, it's uh, the important thing is that we have that beautiful album. Um, what, uh, so Bernadette, you said, left maybe sometime in March. And then you, uh, you had already left, though, and then came back to do the video. No, I never left. Never left. I think the only cast, I was just thinking about that this morning. I would. I think I'm the only person who never. I never left. Uh, it, 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 you know, um, I had a little bit of a nibble on uh, uh, Robbins Broadway. Jerry Robbins had come oh. to chat with me about it. Oh yeah. But I didn't. I was nervous to leave into the woods. I had. I had two kids in the new apartment. Yeah. And I needed the money. Yeah, and I couldn't think. What else am I going to? What What could be better than what I'm doing? So yeah. where, where am I going to go? And and the television thing got complicated because I didn't miss out on. You, you know, there's this thing where you fly to California and do network tests, and yeah, you have to. I it's always a huge uh, nerve wracking experience. But I I I I sort of was too late. You know, I got to that point, but I said, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable leaving here and I you know and so I I you know I I stayed the whole run two years yeah and, and so you did it with all the replacement witches and everybody and I did it with everybody and 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 um I was a little upset because in the summer and late in the summer before we closed of, of the, the you know the, 1989 right I had taken my two uh, of my vacation and I found out while I was on vacation that the show was going to close. And oh. I was mad at myself for having left for those two weeks. When everybody came back, it was sensational experience. It became like, a, you know, I, we, I, we had to kind of readjust and kind of get back to the way, the way we had originally yeah. So, But each performance that we taped, we taped three nights in a row. If other people talked about it, we taped three no. nights in a row. And it was like a giant rock concert. I mean, it was, you know, it, 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 it's 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 as... 
I, I, I'm so stuck. I, you know, the reaction that Into the Woods is getting here now is, yeah. just, you know, is so thrilling. I mean, people are carrying on. And, you know, the closest we came to that was those three tape performances where everybody was practically trying to sing along and was every every number stopped the show. Yeah. And after that show, I had a really bad, weird superstition that I would turn the light off in my dressing room. Have you heard this story? No. And I uh, I would never turn the light off in my dressing room until I left to go home at the end of the, of the evening. It, dumb because it's not good for the environment, but right. now, now I don't do that. But at the yeah. time, I just, I would turn it on when I arrived and I would turn it off dramatically when I was done for the evening. And after the third taping, I walked up to my dressing room and the light was off. And I felt like, you know, I, I don't know, I don't buy into all that stuff, but, but I felt like that's kind of weird. Who would have turned my light off? We've been doing this for a couple of years. Nobody's ever turned my light off. And I walk in the room and turn the light on. Sondheim is sitting in my dressing room tears strolling in the dark screaming. yeah dark in the dark and he sang chip greatest night of our lives it's the greatest night of our lives and i it was the you know that was my special moment was the i mean it was like he said i thought you'd understand and uh it was it just was amazing that's and, so impressive i mean yeah. It, it's so interesting to hear this perspective on the video because there have been so many, you know, um, high wattage Sondheim events. Of course, the 80th birthday where you and Joanna sang It Takes yeah. Two. And and it for people watching, I mean, I grew up watching that video of Into the Woods and it has that energy. And I sort of never understood why, because it one would think that it was just any night in the run, you know. Yeah, it wasn't. It was really special. And it's so great that it got, I thought like, I've always thought like this, somehow the second act on camera, the way James and I forget who else directed or there was somebody he else. Did. I mean, that's the other thing but, in the park where they had a, a television director yeah. do the cameras. James directed the cameras. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something about the intimacy of those shots that capture a, a lot. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm very pleased, obviously, that we did it and proud that I thought the second act really looked great. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I was thrilled by that. I mean, there, it's, it's really, uh, I don't think we can appreciate how much impact that has had on making Into the Woods the kind of landmark, iconic show, you know, that it is. I mean, just general, I'm 46 years old and I think I'm probably near the top age bracket that had that had that or sorry the uh yeah the top age bracket that had that and um and everyone younger I mean that is that's like the bible that's the gateway drug to musical theater I think and certainly to Sondheim it's such an amazing thing I mean you know you don't when you're worried about your part and you're creating the show and you're rehearsing going home and every day and thinking like oh god I gotta be better than that or I gotta fix I you know I didn't get a laugh there and what can I do and you know you're worried you're also so horribly focused on your own performance to be yeah. and, and um well I've been accused of that anyway before but but um you know the scope of it uh, geometrically expanded mm. I think based on that tape yeah 
and and the life that it's had has been so thrilling and uh i i don't know that we really i, I certainly didn't think in those terms at the time i mean i was proud of it but the life Do you remember the, the first time that you saw that that tape yeah yeah bob westenberg called me and he said we both we all got copies you know in those days i mean like that's a long time ago yeah you know in terms of like social media and what was available to see that might have been photographed that you could see on youtube or something yeah so we're going like wow that you know that was kind of beautiful you know (laughs) it's like glad i was in it (laughs) you know that feeling had you ever um gone and seen a performance with the understudy on or had you seen the show at all I never, I never saw, my understudy was Phil Hoffman. I never saw him do it. Uh, I, I never, no, I, I never sat out. And so the only thing I could see that I knew about the audience was that my, my, uh, my younger daughter would always get carried out in, in act two. <laughs> she couldn't take, she was terrified of the witch and that uh, dad was going to get hurt. Oh. You could see from the stage, I could see the door at the back of the theater open because you could see the light coming from outside. <laughs> and I knew it was my my wife and daughter leaving before it got too scary. But so that tape was the first time you saw into the Yeah, that, that was the first time I really had a sense of what the show might look. I guess we did we sh- we must have shot some sort of commercial, but it yeah. was really that tape that gave me a sense of the the show. I, I don't remember. <laughs> having seen that before well i mean it is so perfect i mean it's uh when i i feel with into the woods they can make the movie they can make any revivals they could do it in any incarnation modernize it do anything it doesn't matter because we have it preserved and as you yeah. know ideal a light of the original my, intention my my daughter was at an all-girls camp and one of the you know they invited me up to you know be at a rehearsal and that production, which was all young, young girls, uh, was the first production I saw where they had like a storybook and the people were coming out of the storybook. And I actually thought that was one of the most imaginative yeah. productions that I'd seen. I, just, I enjoyed it so much. And, um, but, but yeah, it's done so many different ways. I mean, like, and I think the version that's being done now, the concert version, uh, I mean, I, I I loved it. And I felt yeah. oddly... Um, I felt like, wow, that's a good show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought they were wonderful to see. And I love the fact that that beautiful orchestra was behind them and so obvious, so visible. Yeah. The scenes themselves were center stage. Yeah. You know, and the, and so the, the uh, pristine quality of the scenes were so, it was very intimate in that way. Yeah. Upstairs. Center stage always, you know, not, not that much movement. And I, I found myself, um, I just, I just really, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was great. I also really enjoyed the version that you did in Central Park, where you played the narrator and the mysterious man. No, that yeah, yeah, that's um, there's some issues. Lapine had Lapine, Lapine had some issues with that. Oh, because they took liberties with the script to yeah, make. Yeah, well, he he took a meeting one day. I got really scared because I thought like I knew he had some. He was texting me saying, "What's going on? What's going?" Uh, and uh, 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 anyway, he came to the previews and, and he was upset about a, a couple things. One was that he said, I've never seen a production at the Delacorte where nobody comes in the voms, you know, the, yeah. the 
They yeah, cut through the house. Said, You're not using the space. He said that, and he said in that huge uh, multi-level thing is like so far upstage. He yeah. said, what, what were they, what, why, what's going on? Why did they do that? But, but eventually when we were in previews, he came in one night, he, he, we got a message that we had to come to the theater a little bit early because James wanted to talk to the cast. And he said, he, was, he came in to say, um, he gave a note to the cast and, you know, it was directed by the Brits, but, you know, yeah. and, you know, but, and Lafine came in and he, he said, like, I'm, I, he said, it, it seems to me that it works a little better and it's not quite so naturalistic and it goes a little faster, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, that's the, that was a big note and, and uh, he had, he had feelings about it, but, but, um, I had I loved being in that production and you know Jesse Mueller and, and, and Sarah Styles and yeah. like, you know people were just unbelievable and and uh, uh, oh gosh I'm blanking one of the actresses names she was wearing it was 110 degrees I I'd, ne I'd never played the Delacorte before or after and we were running around on mulch that was wet yeah mulch on the stage raccoons came up and stole the fake bread which was <laughs> so terrible about they took they stole the plastic bread that you know that little, in the in the baker's kitchen yeah and i felt but then i heard a fight but we could hear the raccoons fighting underneath the stage and I, they were fighting over plastic bread right then and, um but uh, you know i i had a really i really also had a good time at that production too yeah. Murphy, you know Donna Murphy playing yeah sure and gideon glick and christine and gideon was still gideon was so much fun so but well, that must have been such a sort of um, seminal experience to come back to the show and sing the other half of No More. I mean, uh, I loved it. Uh, yeah, I have to say, I you know, it was uh, Amy Adams. You know, yeah, was amazing. Um, they, the 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 uh, all the women in the cast followed me home one night. Um, <laughs> I didn't. They decided we were going to have a party in my apartment. And, uh, <laughs> I. I I, I I was doing this stupid thing where, you know, well, it doesn't matter. They all decided to lag behind, but suddenly all of them show up in my apartment. And, you know, it was great fun. And they got up here and I had no food, nothing. I had nothing. They opened the refrigerator. So you're pathetic. This is Susie was, my wife was teaching, was setting a ballet in Kansas or something. And we just, you know, I've been eating out every night. I was, yeah. like, you know, and, uh, no, that was a, that was a good group too. They were fun. Would you ever would you ever want to go back and do that again? Like possibly in, in the Broadway production or a different one? I I think I never realized uh, how many times Tom Aldrich had to change his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and like what a uh, what an unbelievable unbelievably difficult that part yeah. was. We, we did a 10-year concert of it. Uh, right. And I, I was sitting there with Tom, who I just love. Yeah. Um, great. Just great guy. And, and he was saying, he said, you know what? He said, I'm, I'm going to say it. I think I'm going to die right now. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, I think I'm too old. I can't. This is killing me. I can't do it. This, yeah. I, I'm exhausted. And, and he said, I'm not even, I don't even have to change my clothes. You know, um, but yeah. it, it was, I never... I never appreciated until I, you know, I did his thing in the park, you know, changing clothes. I mean, it was insane. So. 
Yeah. Well, that wasn't really an answer. <laughs> oh, what was it? What was the question? Would you, would you ever be open to oh, stepping back uh, into that? I think I, you know, I, 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 I don't think I want to do it anymore yeah. because I'm afraid of, I don't know. It's, I don't think so because, you know, I am funny way. I was upset when they did it to Delacorte. I couldn't be the baker again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was too old for that. And, um, well, so is, so no, is I mean, I, I think I want to, I think, I think, I, you know, Joanna Gleason said, you've changed You're what you're, you know, what's the word you, and you're thriving, you're different you're, in the woods. Yeah. You're, you're you're it's you know she said it should be now you know you're old i'm you, you know you're older we're, <laughs> we're too old to play these parts no and um you know so i i know i don't think so uh harmony is my next gig and then yes. i can you know what i i'm i'm trying to keep my fingers crossed that that hap happens or they're saying it will happen yeah it seems like there's a lot a lot of energy behind that now that's very yeah, cool yeah, yeah uh well chip this is just i mean so incredible to talk to you i i really i can't tell you how grateful i am can you piece something together about what we've said <laughs> are you kidding this is not, i don't barely have to edit anything this is absolutely wonderful Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Lapine Went into the Woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Check out episode three, where I chat with Danielle Ferlin, the original Little Red Riding Hood. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.